top, top of the morning, afternoon, and the evening. It's the Wayne World Podcast. You know what it is. We're going to get that raw. We're going to get that real, that uncut. What's up, what's up, what's up? So it's your boy, Hadmo. What's up, what's up, what's up? So it's your boy, Hadmo. Well, don't act like you don't know we love God. Top, top, top of the morning, the afternoon, and the evening to you, whomever you may be, wherever you may be watching, looking, or listening. It's your boy, Aunt Mo, trapping out a bando. Whoa, let me eat with your big baby. Welcome to Wayne's World. My middle name, you on Tumba. And we bike, you know what I'm talking about? We bike. Reporting live and direct from the couch, you know what I'm talking about? Welcome to another week of the Wayne's World Podcast, you know what I'm saying? And listen, man, if you're here for the first time, you come on back around now, you yeah. You show them boys how you do it up in Harlem there, boy. And for all the Wayneyacks, y'all know what's up. Y'all here every week, you know what I'm talking about? Y'all be straight up in my inbox like, yo, where the next one at? You know what I'm talking about? Yes, sir, I love you from the bottom of my heart and my cortisone, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? I got a little Spanish twang. I got a little, little country twang, a little ratch twang. You know what I'm talking about? I got all of you. You know what I'm talking about? But listen, those of you who are here for the first time, you may be wondering, what is the Wayne's World Podcast about? I'm glad you asked. Listen, man, it's a podcast for the fellas. And I and I, I hate to say it that way because, ladies, you are more than welcome to listen. But my stats say only a third of y'all is really tuning in on what we got going on with the Wayne's World Podcast. But the millennial generation X male is tuning in. What do you want from me, ladies? Listen, if y'all want to listen, y'all want me to listen. Yo, what y'all want me to talk about? Birkin bags or something? Y'all want me to talk about Gucci, Gucci heels or something? Listen, tune in. Now, I understand there's some ladies out there, the Cole Bees of the world, and, and, and I'm sure some others um, that listen. But this is a podcast for the fellas, a variety podcast for the millennial and generation X. Male Christian. So, hey, listen, I gotta find, I gotta find my lane. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking to myself half the time. You know what I'm talking about? And so, yeah, it's a variety podcast for the Millennial Generation X male Christian, where we talk about life and life experiences from a Christocentric standpoint, man. And so, I thank all of you who have been listening and who tune in, and for the first time listening, I hope you choose to stay a little bit longer, talk a little while longer. You know what I'm talking about? Now, listen, what is today's podcast about? God, what are you doing, my guy? You don't got to add that part in, but that just feels just feel so good when I say it. God, what are you doing, my guy? <laughs> so, yeah, man, I just want to have a little, you know, a little talk, man, because I want to, I'm in a stage of life where I want to know what God is doing, period. Let me in. Give me a little clue. Tap in with your boy one time. You know what I'm saying? It's just a little old me, just a little ammo from forward Texas with a whole lot of perspective. But I just want to know what God got going on in my life thus far. And so before we deep dive or deep dive off, what, dive deep off in it. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know why I can't get that out. But before we go off into it, man, let me get a little call of action really, really quick. For those of you who have been listening, people say that they don't hear me talk about this. Waynesworldstore.com. Waynesworldstore.com. That's where you get all things Wayne's World, all things podcast, merch, the YouTube, the audio link, signing up for the newsletter that you get every 
the morning of every podcast that drops, it's all there. Probably stuff that I can't even think about at the current time. Go go tap in with your boy on waynesworldstore.com. If you scroll to the bottom, sign up for the newsletter. You know what I'm saying? You, I just want y'all to go do that so we can start vibing as a community, point blank period. So with that being said, let's get into some randomness. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, you random, random, huh? Random. Yes, yeah, Sersky. We back, man. We bike. We bike. We bike. We bike. And we get into some randomness, man. And so for those of you who may not know what randomness is about, this is whatever been going on in my mind, my little heart for the week. You know what I'm talking about? Whatever's new. Sometimes I might harp on some two, three weeks. You know what I'm saying? That's just what it is. But let me ask you this. Y'all rocking the vote? What we got about? 11, 12 days to the election. And, you know, all of the, first of all, all of the campaigning stuff is super, super lame to me. You know, where you want to go in and do the, uh, what, do, what do you call it? The, the um, those little ads where it's like, a couple weeks ago, my grandma was stomped out in the store. And it was Trump's fault. And it's just like, stop it with this goofy stuff that y'all doing, man. Like, do people really fall for that stuff? Where it's like an, an obvious attempt at assassinating somebody's character and... They just go for it because they don't like Trump or they don't like Biden or they don't like Kamala or they don't like whoever's going with him again. Whatever. Y'all know I'm not into politics. But my question to the millennial, to the Generation X listener, to the male, to the woman who may be listening. Are you voting? And if you're voting, do you feel like your vote truly counts? Like, when you go in and you bubble in whatever you're bubbling in, when you do your early voting, if you've already voted early, let me know. Tap in, because you know there's plenty of ways that y'all can let me know. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on any um, audio outlet, let me know. Or especially if you're on the Anchor app, you can send me an audio message. Tell me if you're voting. Did you vote? Will you vote? Yes or no? And why or why not? Because to me, on the local level, I definitely believe that voting matters. It is important. It's definitely important. But on the national level, I think it's very corrupt. To now, all right, let me get settled. Now, it's not that I don't think voting matters because voting does matter. I think they wouldn't put things. Uh, I, I think they wouldn't allow certain people not to vote if it didn't matter. But you still would have to help me understand why it is that for the past like 20 years that I have been aware of voting, that I've been aware of elections and things of that nature, why is it that the person who wins the popular vote never win the electoral vote, the electoral college? Now, you can be the most scholarly person or you could just know more than I know when it comes to voting, but let me know what it is that allows the popular vote to be who it seems the world, for the most part, wants to win is the person who doesn't win. Whoever gets the most electoral votes, like, how does that even work? I guess. It's weird. I don't, I just don't buy into it. And even the whole dynamic of, you know, 
voting between two evils. I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. We clearly understand that we have to vote with who rocks with our moral compass, who rocks with the way that we live and how we believe. But at the end of the day, I don't think none of these guys are qualified. And that's not the argument. I think we all fully understand that. But for us to say, well, I have to vote for Trump because I'm not voting for Biden, or I have to vote for Biden because I'm surely not voting Trump in again, I think it's, it's, it's kind of silly. I can do a, a write-in vote, or I could vote third party, or I don't have to dedicate my vote to somebody that I don't want to vote for. And for us to create that narrative is backwards. And like Street Him said, I, I agree with this. It's like people saying, man, you got to get out and vote means you got to go vote Democrat. And it's like, no, I can vote for whoever I want to. I understand why white people are a lot more secretive about how they're voting because you don't want people all in your beeswax and mad at you because you chose to vote some way that doesn't satisfy or suffice them. We have the right to vote for who we want to, people, or not to vote if we so choose. Yes, we understand as black people that people have died and are dying for our ability to vote. I get it. Doesn't mean I have to, because I also have free will and free choice and freedom to do whatever I want. So don't malign people for not voting or not voting the way you feel they should vote. Or for you jumping on a bandwagon, typically, you don't even, it's still people, and it's been four years of Trump who don't know his politics truly. They just hear the outskirts of information about what he believes in and how he moves, and they say they're not voting for that guy. It's just how it is. In, in our culture and society, I truly believe we don't like to know the truth or the facts or the details for that matter. We just want to hear what we want to hear, which actually goes into a different thing as we transition. Now, this is really transitions perfectly into my next topic. Double standard is the new standard. Double standard is, without a shadow of a doubt, the new standard. When we look at the Tory versus Meg thing, or the Tory and Meg thing versus the 6ix9ine and 9 Trey Bloods thing, somebody tell me, what are the facts? What are the facts that we know to be true that have come from the horse's mouth? Because the fact is, we don't want truth. We want what we desire to hear. We want to hear... That 6ix9ine says, I'm the worst dude in the world. I should deserve to get shot in the middle of the street because I'm not loyal. And then we desire for Tori to say, I did it. Lock me up. Throw away the key. I'm not protecting black women. I'm the worst dude in the world. And you can't get me to buy into that narrative on either front. So this is my, my fact. Meg big snitching big 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 snitching I don't care I don't care I don't care if y'all disagree if y'all don't like it but she big snitching opinions of her and what she did or didn't do why she got shot is what made her tell the truth in quotes but I thought you were protecting a black man 
I thought we must protect the black man. Now, if he shot you, and that was the truth from the beginning, he shot you, right? You felt the need to protect him in that moment and weeks after. But both of y'all are saying that each other's PR team said, don't say this or else. Or they are painting a narrative that something happened that didn't happen. If both sides both sound mad convoluted, low key. Whether your SNL performance or wherever that was that she performed where she said, we must protect black women. We must protect our black men. I'm a ratchet. Nasty. Bougie. Like, what? I, I don't be getting this stuff, y'all. I'm not going to lie. That's why I be staying out the loop. But I'm going to tell y'all flat out what I really perceive from these situations from a completely objective standpoint. And more in these streets. But the problem with Meg is... You give the persona that you are in these streets. I heard somebody say, I knew exactly what was going on from the beginning. He, She was holding him down. Whoever she's with, they raised her to be thorough. Don't snitch, blah, 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 blah. But then she ended up snitching, so what are you talking about? We got to stop these narratives that we're, we're putting out here and portraying, folks. This is the thing. Meg is 6'5", 285, can folk. She's 6'5", 285. How did a bullet not hit her bone or tendon? How? How, Sway? It's not Ralph, though. How? Unless she got hit with that old shrapnel, Kimfo. She got hit with that old blowback. You know what I'm talking about? She got hit with that old blowback for that old pistol. You know what I'm talking about? We still ain't heard an account from none of the other folks. Y'all got to stop believing everything that y'all hear. Which swings me on into my next thing. Prince Donnell and Dana Chanel, married couple. She's six months pregnant. I did not know that these were the two people that were married. But it's the Christian. She's the self-proclaimed Christian entrepreneur. Their businesses that I know of are Jumping Jack Tax Taxes, Sprinkle of Jesus, the app that sends out things in the Curl Bible, some for women, that you know for black women or something ain't got nothing to do with me can vote i think this is a very interesting situation and for those of you who may not know apparently they said that they've been scamming people with the 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 not necessarily the tax service but maybe the credit rehabilitation service and i watched this 15 minute video where dana supposedly was completely down talking this 19 year old girl for being on her phone and the problem with things like this is that people don't know how to be objective they can't listen to somebody say wrong and good in the in the same sentence in the same conversation if somebody disrespects us typically it's all bad if somebody praises us it's all good so even when they might be throwing shade at us, we may perceive it as something that's great because it benefits us. Then when you fast forward it to the, the conversation that she had with the young lady, she was talking bad to her in some situations. And I think she's just a stern person who needs to learn how to communicate better as a leader. But at the end of the day, she also was saying things that were very true, that were actually quite respectful and loving to the young lady. But the problem that we run into 
when we look at this or even it was another video where somebody was trying to search out they were scamming and everything that the person said on the phone was th things that I've heard from two or three different people who have done tax services or rehabilitation services or whatever tax rehabilitation services to restore your credit and I'm just like we as a people don't respect black businesses and we don't accept shortcomings I don't understand and, and we know this is true don't argue with me here we know this is true oftentimes when somebody has a business and they're black business owners they already go in with one strike with us because we already assume you're gonna be late on late with a with a payment or with a service that you're gonna render or you're not gonna be professional or you don't know nothing and that's just simply not true and it's disrespectful we need to stop doing that to each other and i'm not the most i'm black and i'm proud guy in the world either i am black and i am proud to be black but it's i'm not the extremist but we do gotta do a better job of listen the reality is a lot of us as business owners had to get it out the mud what this podcast looks like today and some people might still think it's nothing to scoff at is nothing like what it looked like even a year ago but i had to work and put money in and get the things to get where i was trying to go and so we have to understand that as business owners we gotta and even as consumers that we gotta give people the a room to grow especially if you see potential in them so i think that there was a couple of things working against them of course and i think that the fact that customer service may have not been the best or that there may have been some services that were paid for that weren't rendered it does paint them in a bad light but it happens in every single business i don't care if it's walmart i don't care if it's jack in the box i don't care if it's zara like people aren't always gonna execute to the best of what you expect from them but we shouldn't say that they're the worst people in the world because they don't especially if they're black now the problem with her being a christian entrepreneur self-proclaimed is that this gives others the reason to tag christians as untrustworthy and fake people and that's the whack part we gotta stop like we gotta understand that especially as black people and being believers people are gonna double triple look at you sideways when you don't do something the way that you said you were gonna do it so i think at the end of the day and i well no i know this to be true we naturally look for the flaws in people but this is the funny thing banks gamble with your money every night they take your money out when they say they're going through some maintenance or something like that and they gambling your money in the stock market but ain't nobody up in arms about that hey what you doing with my money why are you tripping because they're a big finance financial institution run by white people that have a long-standing record even if they have a long-standing record of doing people wrong at the same time they've been able to weather the storm so we don't look at them the same way we look at dan uh dana or we look at donnell and that's not cool now this is the reality it sound like hate sound like they're hating folk young black successful christian entrepreneur those things some the sum of the whole all could be things that could equal somebody talking bad about you or maligning you 
But add it all together, a young, black, successful, Christian, entrepreneur, couple. Oh, man, you, you going to get it. You going to get it. 12 ways till Sunday, Kenfo. So my advice or my response to that is just make sure that you give people their fair shake. If they've worked and they've put the work in to better their credit, to start a business, to offer products and services, because it's not cool to, to talk down on your people just because they're not acting in a way that you deem as necessary or something. It's weird. We got to do better. We're going to take a break because we was into that thing. We was knee deep off into that thing. When we come back, you know you're going to get these sports, right? Yerp. Oh, yeah. And we back. And we back. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. This ain't an intro, this that entree, did that intro with Kanye and sound like Andre, trying to turn my baby mama to my fiance, hey, nice as you guys, yes, yeah, Erski, we back, you want to talk about, you want to talk about nice as you guys, you want to talk about, shout out to the little rascals, you want to talk about, but listen, you know you're going to get these sports, you know what I'm talking about? Long way out the mud with you on some back. I got a lot for y'all today. So check, check, check me out. Now, it's Monday. No, it's Tuesday. It's my off day. And it's funny. I get inbox. I get comments on Facebook. I get comments on Instagram. I listen to the people on ESPN sell me a dream. People are people are such extremists that they can't be realist. People are such homers that they can't be objective about what they're watching with their own two eyes. Can anybody guess what I'm talking about? You are absolutely correct. Absolutely, fam. Shout out to that boy. Uh, Y'all know who he is, so it don't matter. Lucius Lion, on some at Lucius P. Um the Cowboys now listen you can put lipstick on a pig but it don't make it pretty but it can make it become a part of a clown show did you hear what I said did you catch that for the people in the back huh did you get that this guy gets it you can put lipstick on a pig but it don't make it pretty but on the flip side it can make it become a part of a clown show the Cowboys are an absolute clown show since 1980, no, since 1996, they have been an absolute clown show. And y'all got to stop boosting these guys up. Now, it may sound like hate, but I'm a Cowboy fan. But what I am not is a fool. Fool me once, shame on me. No, what, what he said, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me, you fool me twice, you, but you, you fool me, you can't fool me again. You know what I'm saying? Like, Stop it already, fam. Last time the Cowboys was good, I was in the fifth grade. I'm a grown man, fam. I'm a whole 33 out chill. I'm bike. You know what I'm talking about? Ain't no way you're gonna get up here, you're gonna sit up here and try to convince me that the Cowboys are even worth watching on an evening where I have nothing to do. I'd rather fold clothes. I'd rather clean out my toilet bowl. 
Now, let's get into it. The Cowboys are not a good team. They don't get a pass because they're in the worst division in, in, in the football, in the NFL. They're two and four. So stop trying to sell me that it's something worth salvaging. You make the playoffs at 5-11 and 11 and then you get steamrolled by somebody? What is the purpose? I don't, you got to tell me what the purpose is. Andy Dalton ain't been good in like five years. You understand that he was the star guy. He was the franchise quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, and he got clipped. So you're telling me he's the best of the rest of backups? Who gives a crap? It's only really a good 15 starting quarterbacks in the NFL that are bona fide, like, solid quarterbacks. And he's the best of the backups when there's 15, 16 other guys that start? If any of you thought that that guy was going to be the savior of the season when Dak got hurt, you've lost your ever-loving mind, as my grandmother used to say. Dak wasn't the problem, but he wasn't the answer either. That's what people got to understand is that Dak wasn't the problem, but he wasn't the answer either. Listen, great quarterbacks do more with less. When Aaron Rodgers didn't have a running game and and an offensive line, he knew how to get rid of the ball very, very quickly. He learned to, rather, because he was getting rolled. That boy was getting knocked. That boy was getting trampled for a long time. A long, 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 long time, can folk. And he learned to get rid of the ball. He lowered his pick ratio, but he also stopped taking chances. But they still won. They still have made it to NFC Championship games with no offensive line, with no defense, with no running back at times. They didn't have all of those things going on at one time, but he did great things. Brady, if you don't think that Brady was great, Look at, look at the Patriots right now, fam. Look at the Patriots with Cam Newton, who's telling everybody, chill, 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 relax. No need to panic. Fam, you're not him. He is not you. You're a decent quarterback, fam. I, I told y'all a couple weeks ago, Cam Newton does not throw a great ball. He's decent. He's a great runner. If you took away Cam Newton's running, who would he be? Byron Leftwich. Jamarcus Russell. Not, not Ben Roethlisberger because he's got two championships. And this team is currently 5-0. Now, that's got a lot to do with coaching and ownership, of course. But all I'm saying is Cam Newton ain't that great, fam. So stop selling me the bull crap. Tom Brady, he's great. See what they just did the other day? Huh? Took a gander? See what they did to Aaron Rodgers? Green Bay Packers? That's a great quarterback. That's all I'm saying, fam. Russell Wilson went from having the best defense in the NFL in the last 10 years, won a championship, lost them, got better, went to another NFC championship, He's playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, he's not the best because what Patrick Mahomes does on a football field is it's like, hey, you want to see a magic trick? Like, it's it's stupid. Lamar Jackson is nowhere in his league. Let's get that clear. Let's get that understood. 
But Russell Wilson had no secondary, had no receivers, barely had a running back, and he was out there throwing dimes, getting them to the playoffs 9-7, and seven, barely losing to the Cowboys. To now, he's just doing astronomical things. Heck, he might be the best quarterback. Uh, who knows? Fam, all I know is that Rodgers, Brady, no, Rodgers, Mahomes, and Russell are playing at clips we haven't seen before. Even in a, the most offensive league we've seen, they are playing on an unbelievable level. Do with that what you must. But those are great quarterbacks who've done more with less. So then when you show me Dak, and he's not the problem once again, but he's not the answer, because let's not act like we were on a tear of wins before he got hurt. Fam, we had a losing record then. We were 1-3 then. Save me the excuses because I already gave you three quarterbacks. At least I've named three quarterbacks that have done more with less. Not Mahomes or Jackson because those teams are stacked. I'm talking about Brady. uh, Brady. Look, I lost my my little line. I'm sorry. Brady, Rodgers, Russell. So we already got that understood because, see, some of y'all going to hop in my inbox and try to argue with me over nonsense. This is the facts. Good teams don't go down 20 every game, fam. It just doesn't happen. How good are you if you go down 20 every game and you have to fight to get back into the game and then you lose late? Sometimes you may win if it's a team like the Atlanta Falcons who are absolute trash, even though they just beat a team that they shouldn't have beat, whatever. It's the NFL. Parity is ever-present. But y'all got to stop selling me these dreams, Famoski, because I don't want to hear it. The Cowboys aren't a good team. You don't go down 20 every game if you're a good team. By the way, they just got destroyed by the Cardinals last night, who aren't a good team. Don't sell me that they're a good team. They couldn't run or throw the ball for the first quarter and a half against that defense. It took them to struggle for so long or it took the Cowboys to be so bad at being good at football that they finally got exposed. They got good parts, but they don't even have an identity yet. I'm talking about the Cardinals. They have a good, they have a, they have great parts. Good running game, Kenyon Drake. You know, they got DeMar, uh, Hopkins. Yeah, they, you know, good quarterback, like decent tight end, whatever. But it's like, fam, they're not a good team. Like, sorry. The Cowboys are so bad, they let players who used to be good get off. Larry Fitzgerald out there, oh, this is his longest catch of the season. Larry out there getting 10 catches against the Cowboys. Like, what are we doing here, fam? Stop holding on to hope. Let these guys go die in the corner. That's all I'm saying. Look, they made the fool out of me. You made a fool of me. Tell me why. Tell me why. Like, seriously, what happened? Why did I drink the Kool-Aid yet again? The hopeless fandom that I have for the Cowboys, for them to be relevant, for them to be something, for them, for them to be somebody I can take home to my mama. Say, look at her, mama. I can't do it with the Cowboys. They're not it, fam. That's all I'm saying. Moving on. I'm just moving on, fam. 
Can we stop saying Le- Le- that LeBron is the best player in the world? Like, seriously. Been there, done that, bought a T-shirt. I, I took it back. I didn't want it. I wanted socks instead. Like, I- he's not. He's he's not the best player in the NBA. Listen, I respect his greatness. He's LeBron. Whatever he goes into, he's going to make better in some capacity. He just won the championship. I'm not. Listen, I get this. But he's not the best player in the NBA, okay? Okay? I got to talk to you like I talked to Ava, all right? Listen, he's barely the best player on his team. Barely. I'm talking about, I'm talking about by a, by a thigh hair, Kim, folk. He barely the best player on his team. AD is on that man's neck. Big facts. And y'all may say, yeah, of course, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? I'll say this. AD is not a Hall of Famer just yet. What? AD's not a Hall of Famer? No, he's not. The man ain't won nowhere except with the Lakers when he combined it with LeBron that first year. If he's a Hall of Famer, Kyrie's a Hall of Famer. And is Kyrie a Hall of Famer? I was waiting on you at the door. Is Kyrie a Hall of Famer? No, he's not. Both players won when they got with LeBron, which furthers LeBron's greatness. Uh-huh. Nah, nah, I was the spoon. Uh-huh. I get that part. This isn't about hating on LeBron, because some of y'all get it very confused that because I state a statement, I state a fact that you have to do deductive reasoning and say that I'm saying the complete opposite of what I stated. I'm not saying LeBron James is trash. He's just not the best player in the NBA anymore. He's top two all time. Some people still think Kobe's better. I'm not one of them. I haven't been one of them. I do think Jordan's still better. Save your opinions. I don't care, fam. You can have them. Toss them in the sea of forgetfulness is what I'll do. But back to what I was saying. AD and Kyrie on the same level. They both won a championship with LeBron and had key contributions to the W. But on their own, when when they were the main guys, never won anything. Never came close to sniffing, winning anything. And they were both often injured. So save me the dynamics of talking about how great AD is when he's been hurt his whole entire career. Is he a top five, top six player? Of course. But we're talking about in today's NBA. It doesn't mean he's a Hall of Famer just yet. Do it again, fam. Can we see you do it again? Detroit Pistons won a championship. Is everybody on the roster like Hall of Famers? No. Come on. We got to do better. That's all I'm saying. And I know y'all hating. That was a great point about AD and Kyrie. Both hurt often. Both won championships with LeBron. Both never did anything on their own. Come on, y'all. Y'all know I do this, fam. Oski. Anyway, the bottom line is LeBron's not the best player in the NBA anymore, but he is great. AD is not a Hall of Famer, but he's close. KD wins another champion. I mean, not KD. KD is a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. Y'all can have that. I'm sorry. Y'all can have that. KD's a Hall of Famer. 
Kyrie's not a Hall of Famer yet. He wins another championship. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, watch the replay of the Loma versus Lopez fight last night. Now, let me go immediately to what I've been wanting to say, and that is, listen, fam, no disrespect, but on the undercard, the Mexicans be in there getting the refried beans knocked out their burrito, can folk. I don't know why they don't they don't bob, weave, duck, dodge. Heave, hold, they don't do nothing. They just stand there and chunk them things, can folk. Them boys be getting all the inch and all the squeezed up out their nostrils. I'm trying to understand, folk. Like, it seemed like, <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's like, you look, you, you interview about the fight. That's why they be like, yes, I love my wife. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Oh, you great fight. Because them boys, they, they be knocking the, can't learn English out they self. I watched Saucedo and and whatever the other cat name was, Bar Barbos or Barbados or Barbado, whatever his name was. He, them cats did not duck; they just kept swinging at each other's head tops. Can folk? Boy, listen, y'all boys better chill out, boy. That that brain damage be permanent, can folk? You can't take that back. You can't, can folk? Ain't no take backs on that brain damage. Y'all better chill out, but. To end that, to end that, talking about the, the the Lomachenko versus Lopez fight, Lomo did not Loma, Loma did not get destroyed by no means. For those of you who call yourself boxing aficionados who claim to really know the sport, if you watch that fight, you could tell that early on Loma was really trying to get a feel for his opponents. It was they said it in the fight in the first round. Historically, his first rounds are slow. He throws about twenty less punches because he's trying to get a feel for the fighter. Now, I'll say this. Lopez ain't like nobody he's fought. No way. Lopez will knock. Listen, Lopez will knock guacamole out your toes. He's He don't play around, fam. But let's not act like he was in there just flat out dominating. He was the most formidable opponent that, that, that Loma has fought, period. He's going to be great, fam, Oski. But I think... I just think now, okay, now let me call a spade a spade. Loma lost. Loma lost the fight. Lomachenko lost the fight. He didn't He didn't match the output. He didn't throw as many punches as he needed to throw to win. But he was deadly. When he, fam, when he got going, he got going. That's what he does. When Loma was throwing punches, that's when he was, he was dangerous. He learned to put, like, in another fight, he'll put pressure on him, and he will win. I'm sorry. So this is my breakdown of both of them. Lopez is longer and bigger. Pause. But Loma is more skilled and experienced. Both of them have punching power, and a rematch is evident. It has to happen. Because I think if you give Loma another crack, because, I, I mean, let's be honest, I think that he took the hardest punch that Lopez could throw doesn't mean that anybody got caught flush could not get knocked out that's a fact but i don't think that was the best loma we saw i think that's the best lopez that we could see putting everything together some people can say that i mean listen it's that was a good fight that was a good fight but loma didn't get destroyed and all this other stuff those scorecards were 
egregious, to be honest with you. He won the second. I would give him the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, maybe tenth, and eleventh, and then he lost the twelfth. Loma went on a run where he started winning those rounds, fam. That's why I'm like, y'all got to stop it, fam. If anything, it was a tie or like, if anything, it was a tie or he lost by a couple rounds. Because Lopez went on his round, went on his run where he was giving more output, but he was still missing a lot too. And people take that, don't take that into consideration. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. We're going to take us one more little break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the meat. Hey, we're going to get into the meat. Hey, we're going to get into that meat. Hey, yes, Erski. Yeah, y'all. You know what I'm talking about? Back in this thing, man. And uh, we at the meat. This is where we uh, bring everything together. You know what I'm saying? This is where we talk about the main topic of the podcast for today. And for those of you who have a very short attention span or bad memory like I do at times, it is, God, what are you doing, my guy? <laughs> I'm probably have to add that to the title. <laughs> I got to say it. Look, it's got to be in there. It's got to be God, comma, what are you doing? Question mark, exclamation, dot, dot, dot. My guy. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> anyway. So my question to you, to the people, the people, is when can you hear God the best or the clearest? This is just a question. Of course, I'm going to answer it in my way, in my own time. I want to. But when, when can you hear God the best or the clearest? Now, for me, I can hear God the clearest when I remove the, the distractions. When I'm devoid of the thoughts of others, the opinions of others. That's when I can most definitely hear God the clearest, when I can hear him the best. This is the reality. You cannot bounce everything off of the people that you love. You can't bounce your what God is telling you and what your ideas are off of the people that you love. You have to move in silence. Because when God is calling you into something, it never looks like what you think it should look like or even most definitely what others think it should look like. Facts. Think about this. Imagine Abram holding in, holding in high regard what his family said more than what he should have held God and what he told him to do in high regard when he was taking him to a, a land promised an unknown land that was promised to him that sound like pure tom tomfoolery but the reality is listen when god tell you something the only reason that you believe it is because god told you if somebody else told you you wouldn't believe it you're gonna do the same thing hey fam i think you probably need to just you know what i'm saying sit down a little bit go get you a little job or something you know what I'm saying? Go sit in your prayer closet a little longer because I don't think that's what God told you. People tell you this stuff flat out. They're going to tell you what they know. They're going to tell you what they feel because they love you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you never operate under trusting what God has said, you'll never get what he's trying to give you. So you can't bounce what you want off of other people. God is calling you to something that 
It's going to sound and look very foreign to you, but that's how you know it's him. It's so funny that people make it seem like when God tell you something, it's just the most clearest and most vivid. And I dreamed about it and I woke up and then there was something in front of me. It's like, no, it's not, fam. When God be showing people stuff, it do not be that clear sometimes. I'm sorry. That's what faith is for. If, if everything is clear and everything always makes sense, how how much of that was really from God? Because God is always sending us on missions and giving us checkpoints. How many times do somebody give you something and it's just there? They say, hey, this is everything. I'm going to lay it all out. This is what you got to do. This is what you're going to run into when you get there. It's going to be a speed bump. You jump over the speed bump, then you go to there. You got to shimmy down and go under this little hole in the wall. And then you come out on the wall, people are going to be shooting. You got to dodge the bullets like Matrix. It don't work like that, fam. You don't be knowing that stuff when you go into a situation. You don't get missions and then you know exactly how you're going to beat the mission. That's called a cheat code, and it doesn't work that way. So stop making it seem like because it's not as clear that it wasn't from God. Because that ain't got nothing to do with what the, the stories we've read in the Bible or the testimonies of people that we've heard. That's why we get so much opinion from others when we do share something with them is because God gave it to us. It doesn't make sense to them. They are utterly confused. They are astronomically, anatomically lost because God gave it to you. So let me give you a little insight into my life, my little heart, my world, Wayne's world. Huh? See what I did there? My constant issue with what God has told me is, or what he is calling me to, is that it never meshes with what everyone else has going on. How does that feel? Is anybody else in that boat where, God, I want you to do something? And you you trying to make it work with what everybody else got going on. You trying to you trying to hey listen. We as human beings love to be with others. We don't like being alone unless we've been severely damaged or hurt or broken or whatever, or it's necessary. But it it's just like for me, it never makes sense. It never makes sense that what God is giving me that it matches up with what somebody else has going on. I sit in rooms with people that I love and feel like I don't fit in. Not like I'm not one of the fellas, but it's like the overarching thing. It's like, yeah, but I ain't call you to that. It's like God is saying, yeah, bro, but I ain't, I ain't call you to that, Aunt Mo. Yet, all the while, the things that he's called me to, I'm not walking in them. Because I'm always trying to be a part of what somebody else has going on. Valuable things, valiant things, good things, great things. But not what he called me to. I believe God is calling me into a season of isolation. Where it's not about what everybody else got going on. And, and feeding into them 24-7 and making sure that they checks is balanced and whatever, whatever, not literally, not literally monetarily, you know, speaking, but I'm just saying I'm really the type of person like I'm going to go absolutely Rambo for, for the people that I love, fam. You got something going on, I'm going to be there, I'm going to buy it, I'm going to listen, I'm going to give you feedback, I'm going to watch it. 
I'm going to do all that. But I believe that in this season of life, God is calling me to just kind of chill, focus on me, focus on my family, work the things that he's put inside of me. Because for me to become the man that he's trying to make me into, I can't be focused. I can't have my attention diverted. I'm, I am often a person who got my hand in a lot of cookie jars, famo. Like, I really do. Like, I be doing a lot. Going, coming, staying, filleting, spraying, whatever. That's me. I be busy for no reason. But what often suffers is my relationship with God. And if you're not in relationship with somebody, how can you hear them clearly? If I'm focused on the agenda of somebody else, how can I be locked into what he's telling me to do next? Or how? Or focusing on how he want me to get something done. So that's important. And we got to take that into consideration. All the things that I'm saying to you, I'm first dealing with in myself. And I'm processing it. And I hope it's processing something for you. Don't mean you shouldn't stop supporting people. I'm not telling you that what God is telling me is what he's telling you. And even what he's telling me could apply to you in a different way. He could be telling you the complete opposite. Go all in. Go support. Go help. Go fund. Go listen. Go share. Go hit the streets. Go do whatever it is that you got to do to support that person. But whatever you do, be akin. Be close to what he's trying to tell you and how he's desiring for you to move. And so when I'm getting that direction, from God, it makes me say, God, what are you doing, my guy? But that's just me. Some people say they hear God clearly all the time. And it may not require for them to do anything different. If status quo is full steam ahead, do whatever you've been doing, do more. Give me more of it, fam. And I applaud that. But I have often been in places where I got to tell God, make it so abundantly clear that I would have to be a complete idiot not to hear it. I was at work and I was talking to a friend who actually watches my podcast. He watches the YouTube often. He'll go binge and get caught up. And I was telling him what I wanted to do. I was like, hey, man, I'm going regular, but I ain't going to lie to you, man. That ain't in my cars, fam. I look like I'm grateful for what this job has been to me, but it ain't where God is calling me. It's never been where God was calling me. He probably brought me here for a season so that he could work some things in my, you know, for me or for somebody else or to build some relationships to help, you know, impart some things into people, but or to grow or learn something about humility or patience along suffering. But it wasn't this is never supposed to have been my home. And I was sharing what kind of what I thought saw for the next phase of my life, which is not much different from what I'm doing, but it's just in abundance. And the person pretty much was, you know, kind of shared some thoughts on some things that he processed at a certain time. And then I ended up going to my case. And when I came back, no, when he came back, he, we left pretty much. We both left to go keep doing work. And he came back to me. And he, for the next, like, two minutes, essentially, completely spoke affirmation into my life and what I had already been hearing God say, completely. 
He didn't know. And it was the most humbling thing because it's like, how would you know to say these things to me if it weren't but for God? And I think more than God having to impart into me what he's doing, I think he just wants me to know it is him. It's not you. It's not the devil. It's not people. It's me answering prayer because I literally was like, hey, God, literally make it abundantly clear. Sometimes I'm stupid. Sometimes I'm slow. Sometimes I don't get it. I'm a man. Sometimes we miss the forest for the trees. But speak into me and, and, like, make it abundantly clear. I don't care how you do it. It could be a dream. It could be a person. It could be a video. It could be nature itself. But confirm to me what I need to do next. And lo and behold, if my name ain't Aunt Mo, that's what God did and, and is doing. He confirmed something through four different people. And they all had different perspectives and agendas. I can't argue that. I can't argue or fight that no more. That's what he told me to do. I'm doing it. And if this is what it requires, it doesn't mean that I'm not friends or I don't love people. It just means I have to focus because for me to be the boss and the leader that I that he's requiring me to be, to be able to bring people along, to bring start, I got to start my own fold and I got to bring the people along who believe in me and who want to make what I have going on their agenda and vice versa because that's how God does it. He, now, he'll start you alone, but you ain't going to end up alone. So I got to start bringing the people along who really believe and who want to work with me to get where God is wanting to take me because there's increase there. There's abundance there. That's answers to prayer there. So if it was up to me, and Mo just want to fit in. I just want to be a part of something, folks. Like, really, I'm cool. I'll take a back seat because I believe in the, the thing. I believe in the team. I believe in the fight, the struggle. I believe in next one up. So this you that's what you got. Let's do it. What, what I need to do. And I believe anybody who know me or who's close to me would, would agree with that. What you got going, fam? I'm with you. Let's do it. No questions asked. But for this season of life, I think God has been kind of showing me, I told you that the first time. I told you that the second time. I actually told you that three times, and you didn't listen. Let's stop acting like just because we gifted or we're talented that God won't do for somebody else who don't even have what you have. Because he's no respecter. What he'll do for one, he'll do for another. I had the story where the angel of the Lord appeared and he said, are you with us or are you with them? He said, I ain't with neither one of y'all. I'm with the, I'm with the most high, folk. And I think we so busy trying to find out who's in alliance with us or who is. You better make sure you align with him. Because with him, even though the water, the walk may be murky, you're going to make it through it. But if you're not focused on what he got for you and you're just too busy focused on what the next man trying to tell you is best for you based off of their experiences and what he feels like you should do. Because I'm a person who at first I didn't listen to nobody. 
I didn't trust the opinions or thoughts of nobody because I've been on my own since I was 17. My grandmother passed away June 7, 2006. Can folks, from that day, I was moving how Aunt Mo decided to move. And taking care of a family, raising children, starting businesses, whatever it is that I wanted to do, I've always made those decisions on my own. So to then trust the opinion of another man was very strange for me. Because, nigga, I've been doing this on my own, so who are you to tell me what to do? And it was no disrespect to nobody. It's just when you've learned how to be self-sufficient, even if it's in a failing effort or a struggle, you still trust your struggles over the success of the unknown. And that could even apply to God, being a believer my entire life for the most part. But God was telling me or letting me know that as long as I sit under others, I can never properly sit at his feet. Say it one more time for the people in the back. If I am constantly sitting under others, I can never properly sit at his feet. But the, 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 the silver lining is that my God, our God, is a God of affirmation. He brings confirmation. He brings what you need when you need it, not when you feel like it's best, not when it feels the best to you, not when you think X, Y, and Z. That's, that's, just, that's just not how he works. So I am grateful eternally for the God that I serve. I thank the people who have been here to speak into my life at, in seasons when I've needed it, to 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 steer me in the right direction when, I, when my head was barely above the water. But I feel like God's saying, I'll take it from here. You did a valiant job. Now let me lead him. So listen, man, we are going to get into the question of the day. And the question of the day today is, what is God calling you to? Not what you think, not what you heard from a friend. What is God calling you to? And does it seem insurmountable? Does it make sense? Y'all have email, y'all got newsletters, y'all got any way to contact me, audio messages, message below in this YouTube. Answer that question. What is God calling you to? And will you do it? All right, now. We finna wrap this thing on up. You know what I'm talking about? Get into the momentous moment. Outro. Close this thing down, man. This has been another week of the Wayne's World Podcast. I thank you guys for listening, for waiting, for being patient, for being a part of everything that I have going on. I just desire to recap today. I'm not going to lie. I feel like this thing is meaty enough. Let's just recap. At the end of the day, vote, don't vote. It's your choice. Do what you got to do. It's your human right to vote or not vote. You don't got to share with nobody. You don't got to lie to nobody. You ain't got to defend yourself. It's your choice. It's your world. Bop, bop. You're a squirrel. Do what you got to do, folk. Do we care about facts or not facts? Do we care about the truth? 
The truth matters. It's one truth. It can be multiple facts, and the facts can be based off of perspective, but the truth still remains the same. Let's be a people who care about the truth again and not just facts from my perspective. Meg may or may not have been shot by Tory, but it just sounds a little far-fetched if you really deep, deep dive, dive deep, or take a deep dive. Well, I can't say that today, y'all. Unless you dive deep off into the, the situation or you were there or we have the uh, multiple accounts or testimonies of the, the, the friend and the, the security guy or Tori on the stand himself and Megan on the stand herself, we don't know. Well, let's stop attacking people and businesses, black businesses, Christian businesses, because things aren't, quote unquote, lining up the way that we feel they should line up. It's not fair. It's not fair to anybody involved. But best believe that you got a target on your back when you're young, black, Christian, successful. So take that into consideration when you start a business, when you do whatever it is that you do. The Cowboys are terrible. The end. LeBron is not the best player in the world anymore. The end. Lomachenko did lose that fight, but he didn't get destroyed. It was closer than what the judges said, and it should be a rematch. The end. God is calling all of us to something. Be more in tune with his voice so that you know exactly what it is that he's calling you to. It doesn't mean that everything's going to make sense, but he will affirm to you whatever it is that you need him to affirm in due season. God love you. God love me. Bye. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, thank you for listening to the Wayne's World Podcast today, folks. Listen, all my social media links will be below. Wayne'sWorldStore.com. It will be the absolute one-stop shop for everything you need at Wayne's World Podcast, whether you want to support, whether you want to. Listen, I ain't still ain't got no Patreon, folks. I ain't tripping on that. If you want to just donate a one-time thing to support, I'm, I'm only asking for permission for you to check these things out. Go to the, go to the uh, website, donate. I'm asking for permission for those of you who love me and who rock with me. If you're not one of those people, I totally understand. I'm not mad. I'm not begging. I'm not arguing. If you want to go check your boy out and support, there are plenty of ways to do it. Go do that. Listen, life is hard enough. So don't just live. Live elevated. Until next week, I love you. May the Lord keep you. We'll see you at the conference. I'm out, you dig? Peace.